Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of The Articulate Fly. On this episode, our friend Andy Weiner returns to update us on his fly fishing journey and to tell us about his new role as president of Reeling and Serenity, an organization that uses fly fishing to support folks on their sobriety journey. I think you're really going to enjoy this one. But before we get to the interview, just a couple of housekeeping items. If you like the podcast, please tell a friend and please subscribe and leave us a rating and review in the podcatcher of your choice. It really helps us out. We've received several listener questions asking about the best way to support the show. In addition to subscribing in the podcatcher of your choice and leaving us a review, you can also support the show by using our affiliate link when you shop on Amazon. It doesn't cost you a thing, and we receive a small commission on your purchases. You can also become a Patreon patron and make a single or a recurring donation. Links to both of these options are in the show notes. There wouldn't be a show without listeners like you, and we appreciate your support more than you know. Now, on to our interview. Well, Andy, welcome back to the Articulate Fly. Thank you very much. Great to talk to you again. Yeah, it's been a while. I mean, I think uh, we were trying to figure this out a few days ago, and I think the last time I saw you was the last pre-COVID fly fishing show in Denver. Mm-hmm. I think that was 2019, I expect. Yeah, something like that. So uh, how has the water been treating you? Um. It has been treating me pretty well, all, all things considered. Um, you know, we spoke the other day about my trip to Bend, which was very nice, and had some nice fishing. Back in September, I took my girlfriend, who is taking up the sport, and she's in the un- unfortunate position of having me as her teacher, but she's very, very eager and very game. And we went to the Bitterroot Valley and also um, fits in Idaho uh, in the Haley Sun River area, um, and just had a really, really fun time. And every time that she gets to be out on the water, it, it draws her more and more to it. Um, the funniest thing is I fit in the same area in the Bitterroot Valley a couple of years before that. And you know, looking forward to taking her fishing, there's a particular spot where I had such great success. And when you're taking somebody, you always think to a, a spot that you've done well and you have it in your mind and you finally get there. And when we crossed the bridge to look down at the, the hole where I was going to take her, there was a moose standing in our, our pool. So I told her, we're not going to fish that pool right now. We will fish elsewhere. And then we'll see if we get to uh, follow that moose into where he was standing. And we did. And um, caught a couple of fish there. Um, but she just yeah, it's such a great time. So I look forward to taking a lot more trips with her in the future. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, it's kind of funny when I was preparing the questions for this interview, it's almost been exactly four years uh, since you were first on the podcast back in the dark ages for me. And, you know, the great thing is uh, Down by the River has achieved an important milestone in those four years. You want to share that with our listeners? Sure. Um, my my real job is working in publishing, and I've worked in publishing for over 40 years, and so I have sort of a contextual idea of what a successful book is, and soon, hopefully this year, the book will have sold 15,000 net copies, um, which to me is just a really great milestone. Um, I know that when the book was published, 
some of the reps who were selling to bookstores um, conveyed to me that their buyers said, well, there aren't a lot of people who buy books for kids about fishing. And I was really happy to, to prove them wrong. Um, I think it's been a really terrific audience for it. Yeah, that's pretty powerful. I mean, because, you know, fly fishing is niche and kids' book and some fly fishing is even nichier, <laughs> right? Yes, it's absolutely true. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I assume, I know, you know, four years ago, the book was being used as a fundraising or an outreach vehicle for conservation and other groups. I assume that's still the case. You want to let folks know kind of Absolutely. yeah, who you've worked with and who you're working with to kind of use the the book to support their the cause that they care about? Yeah. You know, my background, when I the, the one year I didn't work in publishing, I worked for a nonprofit called California Trout, a great conservation organization um, here in, in San Francisco. And I used some of my publishing experience um, to use books as thank you gifts or contributions. So it was a natural progression to use my book um, as a tool for fundraising for nonprofits. The organization I probably work most with is Casting for Recovery. Um, I got to meet some of the people with the organization, um, have had my book included in their online auctions, but also have worked um, a good deal of time in their booths at different stops of the fly fishing show, both in Denver, um, Pleasanton here in California, actually up in Linwood, Washington as well. Um, it, it's been kind of startling to me with the copies that they sold online in the auction, what the selling price was for several of them, over $100, which I just I know it has everything to do with the organization rather than the book, but it's really gratifying that people were so excited to, to bid. Um, and I've worked with the Mayfly Project, um, both in the United States and the UK, um, another great organization that works with foster kids. Healing um, Water Fly Fishing, donated some books, have some books uh, that are going to be in an auction later this year. Um, there's an organization called Forever Our Rivers, which is a, a new organization on my radar, and they basically celebrate rivers, work to preserve them, um, and they've done several giveaways with different items, including my book. Um, and one of the original ones was Tadahoochee Riverkeeper, which is the organization that my friend Becca Klein, who's also the uh, executive director of Reeling and Serenity, which we'll talk about, um, she was their development director, and he managed to sell two copies for $2,500, and it had everything to do with Becca and her salesmanship rather than the book, but he got people really pumped up about it. And that's just an exciting story for me. Yeah, absolutely. And so if one of my listeners wanted to partner with you for their cause, you know, what should they do? Um, they can uh, contact me directly. Um, I'll tell you the email address now. We can uh, repeat it at the end of the, the conversation. But it's A X W E I M E R A X Weiner at gmail.com. And anyone is welcome to reach out. Um, I really, I love to donate copies um, and to do my part to help nonprofits that are helping people, helping the environment. Um, so, yeah, I would encourage people to contact me. Yeah, and I'll, we'll, we'll hit that again at the end of the uh, interview, but also I'll drop it in the show notes for you. 
Um, Great. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting, Andy, because I can remember back to when we we first spoke, uh, you know, gosh, four years ago now, that you, uh, you know, had this phenomenal journey kind of building out this network um, as you were promoting the book. And I was kind of curious if you kind of tell us, I mean, I, you know, I've seen you in the last four years. I mean, you've met and touched a lot of people in community. You want to tell us a little bit about that journey? Yeah, I would love to. It, um, it had a lot to do with the fact that publishing has changed a lot in the last probably five to 10 years. Publishers used to do most of the promotion for a book, um, but as sales have sort of changed and marketing has changed, a lot of that burden falls on the author of a book to do the outreach for their book. And I had the good fortune to have some authors who I know who um, taught me a lot about how to do and then how to use social media in particular. And I would say that LinkedIn and Instagram have been the two tools that I've used the most. And when I started using LinkedIn, I guess this, you know, prior to the book being published, I probably had about 200 connections with people I knew. Um, and then I began outreach to people in the fly fishing industry, fly fishing manufacturing, retail shops, um, conservation organizations, environmental education professionals. And at this point, I have over 6,000 connections um, and use it as a platform to promote the book and reeling in serenity quite a bit. Um, and the other thing I use is Instagram, where I've reached out to a lot of the sort of the social media personalities, people who are brand ambassadors or people who are just passionate about the sport and who share that with their audience. Um, and just sort of cold called people on Instagram and uh, asked if I could send a copy of the book, asked if I uh, could count on them to promote the book if they liked it. And the support that I've gotten um, primarily through Instagram for that kind of promotion has been so gratifying and people have been so kind and so generous. Um, and beyond the, the connection of people promoting the book for me, I've made really, really good friends um, who have been very supportive of me and I hope I'm being equally supportive of them as well. But it's a, it's a phenomenal group of people. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, because that's how you found me. I mean, you literally just out of the blue, you just reached out to me, I think on LinkedIn. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the interesting thing about that is not only have you kind of grown this network, but you've got a new path in the community and you're now relatively recent position for you as the president of Reeling and Serenity. And, you know, for our listeners that aren't familiar, can you um, tell us a little bit about the organization and why we need it? Sure, absolutely. Um, Reeling and Serenity is an organization that's built on the same model as organizations like Casting for Recovery, which works with women who have breast cancer, or Real Recovery, which works with men with cancer, um, Project Healing Water uh, that works with veterans, um, and there are quite a few other organizations. Um, and Reeling and Serenity works with sober anglers who are in recovery and takes them on uh, free fly fishing retreats um, had no cost to them. That's what free means, I guess. Um, and we've done various kinds of outreach to get people to come and participate. Um, and we have volunteers who work with them, both for learning a little bit about the sports and then taking them out fishing. Um, as you and I had talked about the other day, so much of the promotion of fly fishing 
and outdoor sports in general connects fun of the activity, whether it's fly fishing or biking or sailing, whatever, with enjoying an alcohol, uh, alcoholic beverage while you're doing it or after you're doing it. Um, and we understand that fly fishing is one of the, the great healing activities. And we wanted to provide a, a, a space, a safe space for people who are sober and working their sobriety to be in an environment where there isn't the pressure to partake in alcohol or other substances and then to just enjoy that experience and that setting in nature, standing in a river um, and, you know, finding the the comfort and the, the solace of that and maybe catch a fish. Yeah. And, and so what attracted you to the organization? I mean, you know, the, the mission is compelling, but what kind of drew you in? I have a backstory in my family of um, a father who was an alcoholic, very serious alcoholic, um, and he was also my fishing buddy. And when I was a, uh, just before I was a teenager, uh, my father's drinking came to a head, and he almost died, and hit rock bottom, and then he became sober when I was 13 years old, and when he died, it's six years ago now. He was 47 years sober, and he was a writer who produced books for the recovery market, which have touched millions and millions of people, and he is one of my heroes and one of my inspirations. Um, one of the people who I reached out to on LinkedIn is a woman named Becca Klein, and Becca uh, is the, as I, I think I mentioned, the development director at Havahuchi Riverkeeper. And uh, the next thing between the two of us, um, as I mentioned, I donated a couple of books to her, but I was reading a copy of uh, a now sadly defunct fly fishing magazine called Dunn Magazine um, that Jen Ripple produced, and it was dedicated primarily to a female fly angler audience. Um, and I had an issue of the magazine, and as I was leasing through and reading the articles, there was a very compelling article with a lot of photographs of a group of women who had taken a fly fishing retreat to work their sobriety. And all of the photographs were uh, taken from behind, their faces were covered to respect the anonymity of the women who were participating. And in the center of the article was a photograph of a woman with one of the first seminal recovery books um, that people read called A Day at a Time. And the book happens to be written by my father. And it was just an extraordinary experience to, to see that image um, brought me to tears. And I posted about it on social media. And Becca reached out to me. Uh, we had connected on, on Instagram. And she said, I just wanted to let you know that that photograph is me behind that book. Um, and it just made our, our bond that much stronger. And Becca was uh, one of the, the um, people who had organized that retreat. And um, he formalized that that process by creating a nonprofit called what was then called Reeling in Recovery. We've now changed our name to Reeling in Serenity. Um, and as he began the process of going through the steps to make it a true nonprofit, a 501c3, she was building her board and her staff and reached out to me and invited me to participate, knowing that I had that backstory of alcoholism in my family. 
Um, and Beck is this an extraordinary person um, who works for Tadahuki Riverkeeper. She runs a program called All Kids Fit three times a year, where she brings in something like 35 kids and takes them fishing uh, with guides and volunteers from all over the country. She's now running Reeling and Serenity, and sadly, she's suffering from stage four metastatic breast cancer, and she's very um, public about it and sharing her battle. Um, and she's tough as hell, and I have faith that she's going to beat this. But she's just extraordinary in the things that she accomplishes while undergoing chemotherapy, and uh, it's it's superhuman, honestly. Yeah, that's in, that's a really incredible story, and you kind of touched on this uh, a few minutes ago, Andy. You know, there are all of these organizations that use fly fishing as a vehicle for healing, and I was kind of curious on kind of your thoughts about what it is you think about fly fishing that makes it such a powerful tool. I think the great thing about fly fishing is that when you're participating in it, um, pretty much everything fades away except for what you're focusing on while you're fishing. Um, so here the places that we go to fly fish is, is, are almost exclusively really beautiful, beautiful places. Um, but more than, I think, any other kind of fishing, there is this moment-to-moment focus on asking a fly, reading the water, observing where you are, um, and always that hope that on that very next cast, you're going to catch a fish or you're maybe going to catch a fish. I think you're always very, very hopeful about that. And standing in a river or being in a boat um, in that environment, I think it really just wipes all of the stress uh, out of your mind, um, at least on the second day of a vacation. First day, maybe it takes a little bit of time to, to clear that out. But there have been times in my life where I don't think there's anything I could have used more than a day fishing. Um, and it never, never fails me. Um, and it's a, it makes us feel so much better. And, you know, if we do it in a community with other people, I think that's a great boost as well because we can share that passion um, and share those stories that I think are a great part of fly fishing as well. Yeah, I guess, what is it? I guess John Garak has that uh, that quote in one of his books that like the worst the problem is you're dealing with, the longer your fishing trip should be. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so you touched on the retreats earlier. Can you share with our listeners uh, kind of what a typical Reeling and Serenity retreat looks like? Sure. Um, we try to include a little bit about recovery, um, a little bit of a meeting, but not a formal meeting like a, an AA meeting. Um, people address their sobriety and pursue it in different ways, and we don't want to force uh, a particular practice on somebody. But there is a conversation about why everybody is there and what um, being on a river and what fly fishing can offer to them. Um, and then there's somebody who, who does a little bit of instruction about knot tying, a little bit of a, uh, entomology about the, the life cycle of the, the bugs and the, the animals that fit feed on. Um, little casting lesson so people have some familiarity with a rod and a line and, and how you're going to cast that line. And then um, there are volunteers, one for each participant, to aid them 
to be comfortable in the water, lead them to a spot where hopefully they'll catch the fish. Um, and then at the end of the day, there's just sort of a recap. And we put together a um, manual for participants. And this is, this is one of the great stories to me. Um, when you're starting a nonprofit and you're starting a program like this, there's material that you need to create. Um, and we're not a, an, or, an organization of writers and um, creators like that. And I reached out to some of my friends at Casting for Recovery. And I asked if by any chance they had some material that they could share share with us that we could use as sort of the basis for the material that we gave to our volunteers and to our participants. And they provided several documents that basically saved us months of, of, of writing and preparation. It was incredibly generous and, you know, it speaks to the kind of people who work at an organization like Casting for Recovery that... They aim to help people. They know that different organizations have different roles, and we're so grateful for for that from them. Yeah, and so is the format like come in on a Friday night, start the education process, fish all day Saturday, and go home on Sunday, or is it kind of a one-day thing? Right now it's a one-day thing, and we've talked to some people about doing um, overnight retreats. You know, the challenge is we're a very small organization, and we have a very lean budget, and we're trying to keep it that way. All of our staff and board are volunteers, and everybody has responsibilities for uh, a job where they earn their living. So everything that they do comes out of their family time and out of their work time. And at this point, it's a, a one-day um, retreat is best way to use people's time. Talk to a lot of people around the country who are involved in the fly fishing industry who are eager to support the work that we're doing and who are connected with a resort um, or have a house where they can host people. And I think within the next year or so, we probably will have um, those kind of overnights and multi-day um, retreats, and, and we look forward to that. Uh, got it. And, you know, you know, what do you do kind of, you know, the day on the water is great, but how do you support participants when they're off the water? Yeah, you know, we're working on that. We do have a Facebook private group where people can comment and share thoughts. Um, and part of what we, we leave them with, we do have some information about recovery, um, different uh, recovery organizations. Um, and hopefully... You know, the next year when we repeat a retreat, kind of hard to say, repeat a retreat, um, they will join us again and continue to grow in their fly fishing um, and continue to grow in their recovery. Um, and we are trying to give everybody some, some fly fishing um, tools when they leave. We were one of the very fortunate recipients this year of the tie-a-thon um, fly tying uh, volunteer organization where people all over the country tie flies, which they donate, and each year the Tieathon group gives a third of the flies to three different organizations. And we were just really, really excited to be um, named one of the three recipients this year. And that actually came from a friend who um, is a friend of a bookselling friend of mine. And he told me about um, Tieathon, invited me to um, nominate ourselves and we were really thrilled to, to be chosen. 
Yeah, that's really neat. And, you know, where does someone, Andy, have to be on their recovery journey in order to participate in the program? What we ask is that the participants be sober. Um, we haven't really specified a, a, a time frame. You have to be six months or nine months. I think if you are sober, um, you are welcome to participate. Um, and hopefully that sobriety continues for years and years and years. Got it. And if someone wants to volunteer uh, with Really and Serenity, do they need to be sober? They don't need to be sober. We do have a strict policy that there is no um, alcohol, no drugs, no vaping, no cigarettes even at our retreats. We want to keep all substances um, away from the participants, um, and that's a really strict rule that we have. Uh, got it. And if someone you know isn't close enough to kind of help with one of your retreats, how you know, are there other ways that they can support the organization? Absolutely. You know, actually, it's, it's sort of unlimited how many things people could do for us. And the first thing, I think, for a nonprofit is always going to be a financial contribution. Um, and, you know, we would accept a contribution of $10, and we would accept a contribution of $10,000. Um, we have, as I said, very lean budget. Nobody gets compensated for their work with the organization. Um, you know, it takes a, a good amount of money to put on one of the retreats. You have insurance. You have to be well insured for something like this. Um, so financial contributions are always welcome. Um, and spreading the word that we exist, letting people know just in general that we're doing this work, or if you know somebody specifically who you feel would benefit from participating, we would love for people to spread the word to, to those people. Um, and we have a, a benefit auction coming up this year, and we would love gift and kind donations, which could be fly rods, flies, vacation lodging, art, jewelry. Um, I mean, it's really unlimited what people can contribute to, to our auction. Um, and um, we're going to host that in September, which is National Recovery Month. And basically all contributions to Reeling and Serenity are tax deductible to the full extent of the law. Um, so whether it's a gas donation or um, an item, you'll get a, a receipt for that contribution. Um, but yeah, we just want people to understand that we're out here doing this work. Um, if people are interested in being in our, on our board, we would love to talk to people about that. Um, and it's, it's amazing how generous people have been, um, both with financial contributions and with the in-kind donations. For the auction, I think there are three people who are making fly rods for me personally to contribute. Um, I've had, I think, seven or eight pieces of art donated. Um, we're going to have a really fun item, um, actually, from my book. The art from the book has never been printed. Um, so the artist, April Chu, who did the illustrations for the book, is going to have some declay print created and she'll sign them and I will sign them and those will be part of the auction as well. Really, I might even bid on that myself because I don't have a piece of art from the book. Yeah, that's uh, that's super cool. And so if someone wanted to make a donation, what's the best way for them to get in touch with the organization? Um on our website, Reeling and Serenity, there's a link which will take you to the email address. 
info at reallyinserenity.org. And um, basically any questions that you have about the organization, you can address that email and it can be a contribution. It can be questions about um, participating, um, sort of any questions you might have. And again, anybody can reach out to me at the email address that I gave you at the beginning and which we'll have at the end as well. Um, I love hearing from people. Um, actually, the, it's something we haven't talked about that that brought to mind is our experience at live fishing shows at which we have exhibited has been really extraordinary. Um, it's a personal kind of um, condition that we're dealing with. And when you're in a public space and you're explaining to somebody who's just at a fly fishing show what the mission of the organization is, I'm not sure that any of us had an expectation of what the, the conversations would be with people who were just walking by our booth. My experience and the experience of the others has been really extraordinary. The openness um, that people have shown, the stories that they're sharing with us of themselves, of family members, it's incredibly moving. And it just sort of um, reminds us how important the work we're doing is, that people understand why we're doing it, and they they want us to be out there to help people. Um, and I, and the stories that I, I was told at the Pleasanton show, the fly fishing show, um, several times brought me to tears, and the person who was speaking with me was in tears as well. Um, a very intimate experience to have in a public, public space, um, but it's it's a really tremendous experience as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's interesting, Andy, because I always think that the fly fishing community is a phenomenally open community, and they're very giving. Um, mm-hmm. And it's always kind of amazed me, not at that level, but it's always amazing, kind of, you know, if you, um, I guess, for lack of a better word, put the time in to connect with other people and kind of be present. Um, kind of what happens. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and so do you have any other events in addition to your charity auction that are kind of on the horizon? I know you've got a kind of a long planning horizon on the retreats that uh, you want to share with folks. Sure. We have another retreat. We Actually, I'll start with the fact that our first retreat was back in September of last year. And this year we have had three additional retreats. And our fourth this year is going to be in Helen, Georgia, uh, June 17th. And it's going to be sort of co-sponsored by Unicoi Outfitters. And uh, folks are going to be fishing for fly fishing for stripers, um, which sounds really exciting. Um, so we're looking for more participants. I think we have room for a couple more people. And we're always looking for volunteers that sort of never going to have enough volunteers to, to be there with people and to be instructors. And I know that we're actually looking for a photographer for that event as well. Um, so if anyone is interested, again, you can email info at reelingandserenity.org and let, let folks know that that's what you're interested in and they'll get back to you very quickly. Uh, got it. And actually, Go ahead. And I was just going to say that we're, we're hoping to put together a retreat in Colorado in September as well. Um, and we're finding it a little challenging because it ends up that if you have guides 
um, professional guides in Colorado. Um, I, I think it is that you have to have professional guides unless you're on private property. And so we're trying to find a place to do that. And we're trying to put together the, the volunteers um, and the participants in a place where none of our staff or board live. So that's talent. But we have some people out there that we know um, and we're going to try to try and make that happen. And, you know, we're certainly going to repeat the, the retreats that we did uh, this year in 2024 and hopefully add to that as well. Uh, very, very neat. And Andy, before I let you go this evening, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, I, I did, the, there was a film I saw recently that um, Crowd Unlimited was the producer of the film, I believe. And it's gotten, getting a lot of attention both on LinkedIn, on Instagram, in um, Crowd Unlimited social media. And it, the, the name of the film is The Studio. And you can find it on YouTube. Um, I think if you just Google it, search for The Studio or if you go to the Trout Unlimited page. And it's a film about a man from um, Bloomington, Minnesota. Uh, his name, I wrote it down so I would remember, is Scott Simmons. And it's a film about fishing with his son, fly fishing with his son, and how important fly fishing has been to him um, in exactly the kind of uh, healing that we're talking about. 12-minute film, and it's beautifully made, and it's joyous. And everyone I've mentioned it to has watched it. I watched it with my girlfriend. It is so uplifting, and it speaks to what our sport offers to people. Um, I've actually connected with Scott on, on Instagram because that's the kind of person I am. I reach out to people and he's the, he's such a cool guy and I encourage people to, to look for it, the studio. Yeah. And I'll be sure to drop that in the show notes too. Thank you. Oh, you bet. And so, you know, to go back to down by the river, um, if someone wanted to grab a copy, what's the, uh, the best way to, uh, to track it down and buy one? Um, basically, any bookstore in the country can get a copy. If they don't have it in stock, they can easily order it, um, as long as you know the, the title and my name. Um, it's readily available on Amazon.com. I'm always somebody who's going to encourage people to, to stop at their local independent bookstore. Um, a number of fly shops carry it, and they can order it as well. Um, and it's funny, the way that, that books work online uh, almost every major retailer has a book section on their website, whether it's Target or Walmart. Um, and the book can be found on those websites as well and, and ordered from, from those retailers. Um, and they can also just email me and I can sell them a signed copy for a discount. And um, I also am happy um, for anybody who's looking to retail the book to get in touch. And I like to sell signed copies to retailers as well. Got it. And if someone wanted to learn more about Reeling and Serenity and follow its progress, where should they go? You know, our our main website is reelingandserenity.org. Um, we have um, an Instagram page, um, and it's just at Reeling and Serenity. Um, we're on Facebook. Um, I think if you just search Reeling and Serenity, you'd find us. Uh, we have a LinkedIn page. Um, I sort of manage that one. And we're just going to keep updating what we're doing. And um, a lot of what we do on Instagram in particular is to 
two posts about sobriety, posts about fly fishing, um, and some of it's inspiring, some of it's funny, and all of it is heartfelt, that's for sure. Got it. And, and, you know, if you want to repeat your email address and also just share with folks, I'm sure you're, well, we know you're on Instagram, uh, if you want to share kind of the best way for folks to uh, to follow your adventures on and off the water. Sure. Um, the email address, again, is A-X-W-E-I-N-C-R, and as in Nancy, at gmail.com, A-X-Weiner at gmail.com. Um, my Instagram is my name, um, so it's at Weiner. Andy, it's reverse because there's an Andy Weiner out there already. Um, and I am on LinkedIn. I would love to be contacted on LinkedIn. Um, and I do have a website for the book specifically, and it's downbytheriverbook.com. And there's a contact link there as well. Uh, got it. Well, Andy, I appreciate you spending some time with me, and hopefully our paths will cross again soon at a show or maybe even better on the water. That would be great. And I just I just remembered uh, to thank you again for loaning me your bear spray um, in Montana, which <laughs> thankfully I didn't have to use. Um, but it was nice to have it on my hip just in case I needed it. So thank you for that. And thank you for having me on again. I appreciate it. Oh, you bet. And that mean, makes me want to give a shout out to the folks at Blue Ribbon in West Yellowstone. They do a great thing, right? Because you can't fly with bear spray. And so uh, yep, exactly. they basically have a wine cellar of cans of bear spray with your name on it. And so you literally just call ahead and tell them your name and it'll be sitting for you on the counter when you go to buy your license and your flies. Yep. And it was great. They actually taught me how to use it because who would know how to use bear spray if you'd never used it before? Yeah. Well, I'm glad you didn't have to use it. That would make uh, at least an interesting interview story, but probably <laughs> not so good. Yeah. But next time we talk, I'll tell you the bear stories the next time we talk. Fair enough. Well, listen, have a great evening. Thank you. Appreciate it, Marvin. Good night. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed that as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. Again, if you like the podcast, please tell a friend and please subscribe and leave us a rating and review in the podcatcher of your choice. Tight lines, everybody.